0: Hallelujah. Wonderful. Praise God. Um, I want to thank uh, Todd and his team. As usual, I'm, I'm giving him a hard task to do all these things, and he does it uh, effortless. And uh, I, I, I thank him and all his team and what they're doing. We praise God for them and that God will bless them more mightily. Amen. Amen. Um. My theme, as you say, thanking God in testing times, even through fire. And it's not a a popular topic. I'm going to say, if uh, if I was saying, do this and you'll be a millionaire in three weeks' time. I go, amen, glory, amen. Say, um, seven hallelujahs and your breakthrough is over. Amen, amen, amen. Glory. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If only life was so easy. (laughs) If only life was so easy. Um, We had an interesting Wednesday session. Um, It was about provocation uh, done by our beloved uh, uh, Brother Joseph Senior. And... uh, Part of it was uh you know what would you do if this et cetera et cetera, and uh certain parts of it in terms of uh if you got slapped in the face, would you turn the other cheek and all the rest of it, and uh I haven't been tested, so I honestly said, i don't know um i uh growing up in the seventies, it was about survival and um I think every black person at some point learned martial arts. It was a way of survival. Uh, Skinheads, National Front, everybody was, uh, you know... I, I didn't get trained as in Peckham, but in Birmingham we did our own little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, you build up a kind of defense. Uh, and then to have to now surrender your safety in someone else's hands goes against everything you've been taught all these years. So the idea of being slapped in the face and turning the other cheek, I I, I told them, I can tell you what I would like to think I would do, but until I'm tested... I won't know. And one of the things that is driving me to rethink my whole um, way of living is when, I, I, uh, when we were going through the discipleship uh, spiritual boot camp, sometimes you say some things and it comes out your mouth and it's sometimes the first time you're hearing it and then you think, whoa! And what came out of my mouth when we were studying um, Matthew, tw- Matthew twenty-four, Luke twenty-one, and Mark eight, Mark thirteen? It's the same story of Jesus describing uh, what is going to be the end. And I like the way someone put it. It's like a, a camera. ...from different angles. You have the camera at the front... ...you have the camera at the side... ...and camera from the other side... ...all showing the same picture... ...from another angle. And when I was actually... uh, ...reading that... ...it left me in no doubt... ...and anybody who reads Matthew 24... uh, ...Luke 21... ...and Mark 13... ...is left in no doubt whatsoever... That there, uh, there's coming a time when we Christians will be hated by every every nation, every person. And furthermore, this is what came out of my mouth. It said, "I I said that you will either be persecuted, or you will be the persecutor." There is no in between area because in particularly Ma- uh, Mark 13 it says that when you are uh, uh, you'll be beaten you'll be taken before synagogues and governors and in, Math- uh, uh, in Mark 13 it says when you are brought before him, take it as an opportunity to testify and the key thing there he says those of us who want to say it's not going to happen in our in Christian time it says do not premeditate what to say because the holy spirit will tell you what to say and they and the words he give the wisdom cannot be contradicted now why am i emphasizing that is that ah there you are <laughs> see it's not me if the church is taken away then the Holy Spirit isn't going to be there to be telling you what to say. So, without any shadow... And there's no way you can read Matthew, uh, Matthew 24, Luke 21, and Mark to 13, and come to any other conclusion that we are going to be here, that church is still going to be here. So, what am I saying? I'm saying, I, I, and I am not asking to be tested, Lord. I am not asking to be tested. Let's let that clear. <laughs> uh, but there comes a point where you don't know what's in you until you're tested. And Peter, 1 Peter 1, if you start from 1 Peter 1 verse 3, he's speaking to people, the surrounding area, who are being tested. Uh uh, the start at verse 3 because we did it last week and it said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible, and that, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. You are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. And the word there, grieved, also means distressed. Now, the grieved is almost like a word that, you know, is biblical word with but when we say distress, oh yeah, oh yeah, we understand what it is to be distressed by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise, honour, glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that may be found is that that you. Be found to give praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say, Whom having not seen you love, though you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unexpressible, unexp- uh, inexpressible, full of glory. Amen. Praise God. So what uh, I focused on last week, and I'll focus a little bit, uh, probably focus on that. And then I'm just going to give you some areas where how God uses circumstances or situations to test us. And uh, last week, or the week I was last on, I was talking about at how having an encounter with the Holy Spirit can test us. And last, w- uh, last time I spoke, I spoke of... Um, uh, Simon the sorcerer, uh, and I said I would talk about uh, Isaiah, the, gre- the great prophet, but I also want to talk very briefly on uh, Ananias and Sapphias, which not I'm just well I'm just going to give the reasons why they may have reacted the way they did. I may get a chance to talk about Peter. But just to say, in short, that God uses the Holy Spirit sometimes in order to uh, test us so that what's in us can be revealed. He knows what's in us, but when the Holy Spirit is around, he sometimes reveals things that are in us. We have a testing through a process like David and Joseph. We have Tested by intense uh, process like Job, where it's intense. Uh, I'm going to, if I, well, uh, it's uh, I'm next on, which is the uh, the first Sunday, and I'm thinking, how am I going to condense everything I've learnt about Job on the first Sunday? Because whatever it is, I'm going to have to do. But being tested and and. Peter talked about the testing by in verse 7 says that that the genuineness of your faith be more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire. Now I know nobody, well, I haven't met anybody who can say, Lord, test me by fire. Glory to God. Pour it on. I I know of no one, and I'm not in that camp. But it is a a necessity of growing and being taken to another level. God doesn't test us because he wants to see us in pain. He tests us because he wants to allow us to grow so he can use us more. He has plans for us, but there are things that... As I said, at this level, we can get away with. But where God wants to take us, we will either stumble and fall or he, w- he wouldn't even trust us. I mean, it says of Samuel that not one word fell to the ground without God confirming it. Now, if Samuel was a man in our day, in our time... And was driving, and someone cut him up. Hey, ah! I mean, I can't even think of the words that we'll use, but we would see his smash up, die da, 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 because his words were heavy, and anything he said, God was going to confirm. And if he didn't have to go through, he was a little child from a small age, uh, uh, God has been grooming him, grooming him to. He was the last of the judges and the first of the prophets. God cannot give us all that we want because we would damage ourselves or others. So he needs to prepare us, he needs to train us, he needs to bring us to a place where he can trust us. And sometimes when the presence of God is moving, You are, uh, we are surprised. In fact, I, mm, I know the frailties of humans. So, I can't say I can't be shocked, but I'm not very surprised when I hear of failings, because some people are strong in one thing and weak in another. So, uh, someone may be saying how how could you fall for such a foolish foolish thing that's why jesus talked about um beam and and specks you're missing out the beam that's in your eye and now looking at the per- trying to take out not even looking trying to take out the speck in someone else's eye remove the beam from your eye then you'll have more sympathy but all this ah how can you do ah oh, ridiculous da, 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 da. No, you know, take the, take the beam. And then, because when you've, when you've taken the, the beam, the pain of removing your beam, you are now, you are now careful. Because you say, my gosh, I remember what it took to take that beam out of my eye. How painful it was. How, oh my gosh. Now to take this, this speck out of this person, I've got to be more careful. So let's just deal with, uh, deal with uh, a, a few. And the other thing about it is that thanking God in testing times, that is not easy. That is not easy. Thanking God in testing times. And I'm going to deal with a few situations if I get time to uh, uh, where that has been done. So let's first of all look at Isaiah Six, Isaiah chapter six. I'm going to be very brief and, and just skim over a few things. And if you want to look at the history and all the rest of it, so Isaiah six. Now, if you want, if you look at Isaiah, well, we're going to stay at Isaiah six, but I'll just tell you at the back. Now, Isaiah is uh, a prophet of God, and uh, if you look at uh, not looking, but take it for my word for say of time, that Isaiah. Is speaking on behalf of God to Israel. And God is saying through Isaiah, What more can I do to you? You are so beaten that you're 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 beaten to the point that there is no healthy flesh on you. You are stubborn, etc. etc. I don't want to go because I don't want to go in it. So all the way through, Isaiah is telling the people how unfaithful they are, how how they They betrayed God, and that God was actually in the process of treating him, treating them as a vine, removing all the protection, etc., etc. So Isaiah is giving it to the Israelites. Now, on chapter six, and I heard uh, uh, I always chuckle when I come to that because I keep remember what Pastor Manasseh. And his friend used to say about this one. Uh, in the year that King Uz- U- U- Uriah died, I saw the Lord. <laughs> but anyway, it says, and it's just indicating when w- the, the time. In the year that the King Uz- 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 Uri- Uri- Uzziah uh, died, I saw the Lord sitting in the throne high and lifted up and, this tra- and his train filled the temple. Above it was, above, Sodam. down. Above it stood seraphims. Each one had six wings, with two covered his face, two covered their feet, and two he flew. And one cried to another, said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now, the question I was—I I thought I hinted at last time was that, in the presence of God, how come he didn't know he was a man of unclean lips. Now the second question is, how come he didn't know that his environment had affected him so much that he? Now I don't know what the unclean lips means. I don't know whether he was swearing. I don't know. No, let's let's be frank. Let's be frank. Let's let's strip off the religiosity because it is clear, in the presence of God, His holiness, he recognised where he was. And the first thing it came, because the other thing in those days, they believed that if you saw God, you were a dead man. So he was like saying, oh my God, I'm finished. I, 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 I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst a man of unclean lips. And just in case we, we think I'm, I'm a being a, I've been a bit hard on him, this is what it says. It says, then the one of the seraphims flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. So what I'm saying is this. When you begin to come into the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, The things that are being hidden, the holiness holiness of God begins to reveal things that you're even shocked. And you say, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was there. But... (laughs) Now, now, the, the reason why, uh, uh, part of the reason why that God wanted to reveal himself and to take into another order, because this prophet was going to be a prophet that was going to, God was going to reveal things in the supernatural that no other prophet was going to be able to, to even imagine. This prophet was able to, God was going to show him the, the, that God was actually going to take on human flesh and was going to die for the people that he had created in Isaiah 53. Everything that happened, Isaiah had been revealed. I mean, so much so, uh, in Peter, look at, it says that the, the prophets who these things were revealed to him, revealed to them, were actually searching inside to say, when is this happening? And the Spirit of God told them, it is not for your time. It is, as Peter said, it's for our time. If you want to know, I mean, Isaiah is the most uh, quoted prophet in the New Testament because he is like the 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 Gospel of the Old Testament. If, I mean, he in in, um, in uh, Isaiah six is already saying um, uh, uh, Emmanuel, God with us, but but God needed to take him. As much as, as much as wonderful he was, God was saying, I, I need to take you higher. As much as you're doing, I need to take you higher. And that is why God wants to, God needs to get gold. Gold has to be heated up. And what, when the gold is heated up, the impurities, things that, and the reason why you need to heat it up, because it's embedded some of the impurities, is embedded. You can't think it through. You can't do it for your will. It has to be, it has to be burnt off. And then when it's burnt, the, the, the rubbish is scraped off. It's revealed and is scraped off. Or, or the gold is, 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 is poured out and what is left is the dregs. God wants to. Take us to a whole new level, and I'm just going to uh, uh, use an example. Let's let's look at uh, Peter, someone we all know. Peter says, "Look at Peter in Luke 33. So, Luke 22. Th- I'm conscious of time, so I'm see if I can edit and move a bit quickly, but just to just to. So Luke twenty two, verse thirty three. Okay, yes, okay. In this version, it says it says this. It says this is Peter speaking, but he said to him, in fact, let's. Um, okay, yes, let's 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 do thirty one. Yeah, 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift, sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not, for, not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Glory to God. I could feel the, the anointing when he was saying that. <laughs> then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you have denied deny three times that you know me. Now. We all know Peter. Pe- Peter was genuine. He wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, but what? He, what had happened? Pride started to come in. In, a, in another version, in, in a, I think it might be maybe Matthew or maybe probably Matthew or Mark. Jesus says, "The hour is come where the sheep shall be. They shall strike the." The shepherd and the sheep shall scatter. And he says, Peter says, all may scatter, but not me. I will, I will, I'm willing to die for you. Now, my interpretation is this, and this is an important thing, because I've been there. And I've got the t-shirt, I'll explain in a minute. The Bible says that pride is like uh, smoke before him in his nostrils. So, if you can imagine, and self, self-righteousness and, and pride is like uh, a smoke in his nostrils. So you can imagine you're coming, presenting before God, and God is going, "I'd love to get close to you, but your your self-righteousness and pride is an irritant. I can't even get close to you." As much as your offering, your your self-righteousness and your pride is uh, irritating me. So, I need to deal with that. And from experience, I will say this. The thing that you take pride in, or you feel that you're okay in self-righteousness, is the thing that God uses or allow to be used to deal with you. With Peter and Peter was genuine when he said that but pride started to come in to the point that I mean this is how genuine he was. When they came to uh, arrest Jesus Peter asked the question should we fight with the sword and before as usual before before Jesus could even answer somebody's ears got cut off. And and Jesus had to say, put away your sword. (laughs) Uh, Put away your sword. So he was willing to fight for Jesus. But when Satan says, or Jesus says, Satan has asked for permission. This is my belief. Any area that uh, Satan is the rule of darkness any area in us that uh, we have allowed darkness to live Satan has rights over that area now Jesus may say yes you have rights but I'm not letting you get at it but Satan can uh, can accuse us and say look this person is is has pride or has uh, anger or has whatever but Whatever we, we, that Satan has, he has permission. He can go into heaven or, well, not into heaven, but he can accuse the brethren over that. Now, you notice that Jesus did not say, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked, asked for you that you may be uh, sift as wheat, but I prayed for you so you're okay. No, he said... In a word, I've allowed him. I have allowed him. Because what needed to be dealt with was Peter's pride. And we know the story that uh, uh, me and Joe have a joke. Sometimes we say, uh, uh, I know not the man. <laughs> I know not the man. <laughs> because three times he was He was challenged. Aren't you not with him? So I know not. I know. And to the point, one point, he said, he said, he swore. He swore. Because the Bible couldn't put his words. But he swore (laughs) that he never knew him. What are you talking about? And then the cock crowed. And then he remembered. And it said he wept bitterly. What was happening there? He needed that part of his genuine faith. He needed to be exposed and to come to a place where he can humble himself and accept that it's not by might, it's not my power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. The word of God says he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Quickly, I'm going to go down to uh, go with uh, Sophia, Sophia uh, Ananias and Sophia, and we look at uh, Acts 4:33. Acts 4:33, and then I'm going to stop there, and we're going to talk about some of the things that uh, 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 mm. how to give thanks. So Acts 4, 33, and the reason I've started there because Ananias and Sapphira comes in in Acts. 5, verse 1, and uh, Deacon Ajay has ably explained that, that uh, uh, I I don't need to touch that. But Acts 4, ah, wonderful. Right, Acts 4, 33, this is where God is moving mightily. God is moving mightily amongst people and uh, uh, um, the... The people, the Holy Spirit, under the Holy Spirit's unction are are selling uh, even the very possessions because they love that they have for each other. Uh, Let me forget it. Let me get it. Okay. There we go. Right. Uh, It says, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there any among them who lacked, for all who all who were possessors of lands and houses sold them and brought them uh, brought the proceeds to the things. Sorry, brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each and every one had a need. Now, Jose, uh, Jose, um, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, by which is uh, translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So the picture is that the Holy Spirit, because this is the same Acts four, where at the beginning of it they're saying, you know, give us power. You hear, hear all the threats, but give us power to do more, to do more miracles and more signs. And the Holy Spirit was there, and it 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 it, it was so intense that it 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 knocked the very uh, uh, lintels on the road uh, on the, in the room. So there. God is using them to do supernatural power. There is a a presence, there is a holiness uh, uh, amongst the church that even people who have houses and have lands are selling them. And it must have been an absolutely amazing time. And then this is one person called, we now know as Barnabas, who, who sold his land. And if everybody's selling their houses and land, and they say... I almost sort of said Barnabas he must have done something so extraordinary for, for the apostles to be saying Barnabas what you've done amongst all the other people what you've done is encouragement we call you now Barnabas the man of encouragement. And you can just imagine, oh, have you heard Barnabas? Da, da, da. Barnabas sold, what? How much? Da, da, what? You, know, you can just imagine, the, the, his name must have been all over the place. So then we get to um, chapter 5. And a certain man called Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold possessions. So what was happening there? The Spirit of God is flowing and there must have been the spirit of jealousy. Okay, oh. Do you see? Did you see how they were praising Barnabas? We don't know what kind of men and women they were, but they were obviously in the church. But did you hear what did you hear what Barnabas sold his property for? Did you see how how the apostles were praising him? I'm sure we can do better. I mean, uh, you know, we, we've got we've got we've got land, so I'm sure we could, you know. We could we could do better. I mean, how do you think? How much do you reckon our our property's worth? That much? Yeah. Well, there you are. You see, if we if we now sell it, and uh, well, well, we don't need to sell it. We don't need to give them all. We can just sort of, you know, uh, we could give um, three quarters, and you know, and the apostles will still say, "Wow, that's a lot." And we can say, "Yeah, Barnabas, move over." But that was the spirit in which they were. Are operating. Now why did God. Deal with them so severely. Was because there was a unique move of God. And he wasn't going to allow anything to contaminate. This move. And because of that. He dealt with them severely. Now we thank God that the grace of God. Is wonderful. But I'm just saying. When we move into. The holiness of God, the things that we get away with now, he won't allow it. But, but God is so gracious that he will prepare us before we get that far. Um, thanking God in testing times. I just want to end, end with this. We have examples uh, in the Bible where uh, Paul and Barnabas are in Acts 16, where they're put in prison. They've been beaten at midnight. They're singing. Thanking God in in testing times. They're singing so loud that the whole of the prison can hear. They're singing so wonderful that even God could hear. And God engineers an earthquake and opens the door. Now, most of us, we've just been beaten, most of us would say, Hallelujah, glory to God, Jesus has freed us, let's get out. Wouldn't you? You're in prison, you've been beaten, you've been singing, praising God, Hallelujah, and God answers your prayer. Doors are open. How, how many seconds is it going to take you to run out and say, this is a deliverance. This is glory. Thank you, Jesus. You heard us. Paul Silas, who's his, almost his, one of his first missionary things, is going, glory to God. But they stayed. Why? Because they were thinking of the jailer. Because in those days, when you're looking after prisoners you are irresponsible and if you let what if you let them go you took their punishment so the doors open god has given you deliverance freedom do you take the door do you take the way of escape do you do you have a testimony of how god delivered you you say glory I can't wait to tell, I can't wait to come Sunday. How God delivered me. Hallelujah. Everyone's going, glory, hallelujah. But what happened to the jailer? Well, well. <laughs> he's. He to see, He's. I never. But God, I, I, when I realized that, God will do extraordinary things in order to win the lost. When I looked at that, The whole point of them being beaten and put in prison was the deliverance of the jailer and his family. That was the point. So when you start to realize that God wants to use you even in times of difficulty, how you behave in your time of difficulty can deliver somebody who is watching you or what your actions will do. I'll end with, I'll, I'll end now. There's a lot more. I mean, now uh, I'm going to, there's some we could have talked about, but I'll, I'll end with this one. There are certain songs that passes from generation to generation because they were forged in testing times, but the fruit was thanksgiving. I'll tell you one personal one, and then I will talk about. Well, I don't need to talk about it. If I mention "Amazing Grace," we know about. Oh yes, yeah, We know about "Amazing Grace." Um, uh, the, the the song that "It is well with my soul." I mean, if you most of us know the story of a man that was working with D. Uh, L. Moody, was shifting his family to Chicago. Sent them out first. He was going to join them. So this is a man working with one of the finest evangelists. American evangelists. He sent his family over first to join them in Chicago. And the ship goes down. All family, children, everybody. And you know the story that they they they, they came to the place, the ship, they threw, um, Reeves and all at the place and I don't even know how he could even poof sing such a song it is well it is well poof no I, I don't know it is well with my soul now that song is going to be probably song until Jesus comes Because it has, it has depth to it. It has, it's been birthed out of pain. But he's thanking God in the most difficult, difficult time to be singing It Is Well. I can't even imagine it. And a personal one for me is that, I won't say the person's name, but... um, There's a a, 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 a woman that, uh, it's 20 years, because I I looked up. 20 years ago, I was going through my testing times. And this person's songs was my uh, theme tune or soundtrack when I was going through it. I can fire off four or five songs just like, in fact... Uh, I discovered very recently, probably two or three weeks, probably four weeks at max, that she was writing these songs in pain. She had been married, those, I'm 10 details, those who know my know, but I'm going to say the name. Been married 21 years. And the husband had, had been a serial adulterer. So she was writing, and I knew the songs were coming somewhere, because you know there are songs uh, la, la, la la, but there are songs that you know are coming from somewhere. If I say then say one or two of their songs, everybody knows the song. But what kind of hurt was that I was saying, "God." Well, I was going through my pain, and her song was helping me. I went back to some of the songs, and immediately I remembered where I was when some of the songs were being sung. And she was writing these songs in pain. She even said she said that some of the women she even met in the in the supermarket or in the or in the car park. And she put on a when they found out uh, uh, she divorced, she divorced him. She said um, biblical differences. So that's what she put on the official, uh, divorce through uh, biblical differences. It's only when I listened to her podcast, I then discovered what those biblical differences was. 21 years. But those songs have, as I say, if I say uh, you'll know who it is, and I'm not going to say on on live, if you want to find it, you can find it yourself. But I was saying God. The pain, the, 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 the help that she ministered to me when I was going through deep pain, deep hurt, deep trouble. But she was thanking God in testing times. And finally, after 21 years, he says, I can't take any more. She even said, Lord, I can't take any more. Take me home. It came to a place where she said, just take me home. I can't take any more. So there there are people who are, I mean, we we talk about David, the amount of songs and, and scriptures, and people are saying, oh, I wish I was like David. No, you don't. No, you don't. Those words didn't come pretty, 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 you know, nice thoughts. They came out of anguish. They came out of fear. They came out of God, you delivered me. I thought I was dead, and you've delivered me. And now I'm praising you. Uh, Psalms 34, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Yeah. These are songs. These are thanksgiving because they've come through. I'm going to hopefully, in the first, just go through a little bit of details with Job and what what. He went through a little expansion on Job. But I thank God that he's a God that says, when you go through the fire, I will be there. It's not one of those says, I'll see you if and when you come out. And if you come out, praise God. If you don't, well, (laughs) I guess you didn't make it. He says, I will be there. I'll be there with you. When you go through the floods, I will be there with you. You're not alone no matter what it appears I will be there with you helping you carrying you encouraging you so that you come out the other side that you'll be stronger deeper understanding more of the glory of God in Jesus name amen, amen. Talk to the Lord